Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, April 26, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. Despite what we'd originally planned, I am here on my own today. James went to a show, I don't remember what, but I went to the end game uh, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the final Avengers film. and uh, We weren't able to record in the morning, so I'm here late, very late, or early, depending on how you look at it, uh, recording the show. A few things for Friday that I want to remind you of. Not only will we get the Cheetah Rivera Award nominations, but we will also get the final Tony Administrative Committee rulings on eligibility. That will give us a lot of information about uh, what we're going to be looking for on Tuesday when the Tony nominations come out. I don't know that anything is going to be super surprising about that. Hopefully uh, everything stays pretty close and we don't have anything crazy going on before the nominations come out next week. All right, we do have a bunch of news. I'm going to get through it as quickly as possible. And that, of course, starts last night with the final show of the 2018-2019 Broadway season officially opening at the Winter Garden Theater. That was, of course, Beetlejuice, based on the iconic Warner Brothers film. This features a book by Scott Brown and Anthony King, as well as a score by Eddie Perfect, and is directed by Alex Timbers. The show stars a bunch of folks that you know and love, Alex Brightman, Carrie Butler, Rob McClure, Leslie Kritzer, Sophia Ann Caruso, and a ton more. The reviews for this one, much like we've been talking about when it comes to the word of mouth kind of being very different, some people liked it, some people didn't like it, some people hated it. There wasn't a ton of love, uh, but there was a, a decent amount of like. Let's start with the New York Times and Ben Brantley. He said, quote, the dead lead lives of noisy desperation in Beetlejuice, the absolutely exhausting new musical that opened on Thursday at the Winter Garden Theater. This frantic adaptation of Tim Burton's much-loved 1988 film is sure to dishearten those who like to think of the afterlife as one unending, undisturbed sleep. That sounds nice. Um, because, as directed by a fever, feverishly inventive Alex Timbers and starring Alex Brightman as the manic ghoul of the title, this production proposes that not being alive just means that you have to try harder, a whole lot harder, than you ever did before. Otherwise, you'll wind up invisible with nary a soul to acknowledge your starry self. And in today's world of chronic self-advertising, this may be the true fate worse than death. Let me say that after Mr. Corrin's set, director, uh, set designer David Corrin's, um, Mr. Brightman is the best reason to see Beetlejuice, which also stars the talented but misused Sophia Ann Caruso as his arch frenemy, a living teenager with a death wish. So not terrible, not great, uh, probably on the negative side from Ben Brantley, but could be a lot worse. We've seen him do a lot, lot worse with shows. Um, but speaking um, of that... Let's get to the New York Post with Johnny Oleksinski, um, who starts off by talking a little bit about the cast. He says, quote, Most of the cast overplays Butler, Kritzer, or underplays McClure, Danheiser, but the talented Caruso with a Cindy Lauper-like voice strikes the right balance. This is a challenge for all involved, especially in the second half of Scott Brown and Anthony King's jumbled book. Indeed, if the actors took their scripts, threw them into the air, pick up the pages and perform them in their new order, Act 2 would be about the same. Director Alex Timbers' hyperactive staging and David Corrin's huge but ugly set don't help matters much. Then, if we go over to Sarah Holdren from Vulture, she kind of liked it. Beetlejuice, the rowdy, raunchy musical adapted from Tim Burton's 1988 horror comedy, openly embraces the theme-parky aspects of an enterprise like the one it's engaged in. True to its source material, it's loud, it's cheeky, and it's all about excess. 
It's also, thanks in large part to Alex Brightman's spot-on performance as the incorrigible titular ghoul, a pretty fun time. Um, Adam Feldman gave the show three out of five stars in Time Out New York. Matt Winman gave it two out of four stars in AM New York. Nick Romano gave it a B-plus in Entertainment Weekly. So as we've said before, I think if you go into this one knowing what to expect, you can't be all that disappointed because it is pretty much what you would expect from all of the word of mouth that we've heard and what you would think you would get from a Beetlejuice musical. Okay, let's move on to the next major story from Thursday. Just before 1 p.m., we got the full list of the 2019 Drama Desk nominations, and there was a lot to digest. First off, unlike with the OCC nominations, Hadestown had not been ruled eligible in all categories. Instead, only, quote, those elements that constituted new work would be eligible, which, if I'm being honest, I don't really understand. Um, I'll get back to that in about 10 seconds, but the same goes for Torch Song and Choir Boy, so only new things for that one, which there was actually less of, was actually eligible for these awards. Okay, back to Hadestown. This ruling confuses me because Rachel Chavkin was eligible in the directing category and she was rightfully nominated, but neither Patrick Page nor Amber Gray were eligible in their respective categories. Yet, all three were part of the New York Theatre Workshop production. I understand why Andre DeShields was eligible, he didn't do the show uh, off-Broadway, and I understand why Rachel Houck's set was eligible and nominated because it was wildly different from the last time that it played Manhattan. But to say that Chavkin's work was so fundamentally different in this version, but Page and Gray's wasn't, seems odd to me. Certainly, this show has gone through plenty of changes both for Chavkin and Gray and Page since the last time it was in New York, but apparently the nominating committee, which includes our own Peter Felicia and a number of other friends of mine, they are saying that Page and Gray hadn't grown their performances enough to merit new work status since it was in New York last, but Chavkin did, which just seems like it's hard to have one without the other. Anyway, Hadestown did garner seven nominations, but it was not eligible in the following categories. Musical, book, music, lyrics, orchestrations, and then again, neither Page nor Gray were eligible in their respective featured performance categories. In a bit of a surprising turn, though, with Hadestown kind of out of the way with those nominations, Oklahoma had the most nominations of all with 12, and not that I'm surprised because I didn't think it would be critically loved or, or nomination loved, it's surprising because you rarely see revivals lead nominations because they aren't eligible in any of the writing categories by the fact that it's a revival, so they automatically miss out on book, music, and lyric nominations. Uh, Oklahoma was followed by Tootsie, and then my favorite show of last year, Rags Parkland Sings the Songs of the Future, both of whom had 11 nominations. All right, let's go through the production and performance uh, nominations. As always, the full lists will be available in the show notes. Uh, also, as with previous awards, the boys in the band did not invite nominators, so they were not eligible, which really makes it tough to predict what's going to happen at the Tony nominations next week, but I don't really think that Ryan Murphy cares too much. Um, okay, outstanding play. The nominees are Fairview, The Ferryman, Lewiston Clarkston, Usual Girls, What the Constitution Means to Me. Outstanding musical, Be More Chill, The Hello Girls, The Prom, Rags Parkland, and Tootsie. Outstanding revival of a play, Fabulation or the Reeducation of Undyne, Henry VI, Shakespeare's Trilogy in Two Parts, Our Lady of 121st Street, Summer and Smoke, The Waverly Gallery, and Uncle Vanya. 
Outstanding revival of a musical, Carmen Jones, Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish, Kiss Me Kate, Merrily We Roll Along in Oklahoma. Outstanding actor in a play, Jeff Beale for Life Sucks, Edmund Donovan for Lewiston and Clarkston, Raul Esparza for The Resistible Rise of Arturo Ui, Russell Harvard uh, for I Was Almost Alive, I Was Most Alive with You, J.O. Sanders for Uncle Vanya. Outstanding actress in a play, Midori Francis for Usual Girls, Zainab Ja for Bozeman, Lena, Bozeman and Lena, Elaine May for the Waverly Gallery, Lori Metcalf for Hillary and Clinton, and Heidi Schreck for What the Constitution Means to Me. Outstanding actor in a musical, Brooks Ashmanskis for The Prom, Andrew R. Butler for Rags Parkland, Damon Dono for Oklahoma, Santino Fontana for Tootsie, and Stephen Skybell for Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish. Outstanding actress in a musical, Stephanie J. Block for The Share Show, Beth Lovell for The Prom, Rebecca Naomi Jones for Oklahoma, Anika Noni Rose for Carmen Jones, and Stacey Sargent for Rags Parkland. Outstanding featured actor in a play, Charles Browning for Fairview, Arnie Burton for Lewiston Clarkston, Hampton Fluker for All My Sons, Tom Glenn Carney for The Ferryman, and Brandon Uranowitz for Burn This. Outstanding featured actress in a play, Harriet D. Foy, The House That Will Not Stand, Megan Hill, Eddie and Dave, Celia Keenan-Bolger for To Kill a Mockingbird, Ruth Wilson for King Lear, and Allison Wright for Othello. Outstanding featured actor in a musical, Corbin Blue, Kiss Me Kate, Andre DeShields, Hadestown, Sidney James Harcourt for Girl from the North Country, George Salazar for Be More Chill, Patrick Vale for Oklahoma. And finally, outstanding featured actress in a musical, Stephanie Sue for Be More Chill, Leslie Kritzer for Beetlejuice, Sayora Joy Ross for Carmen Jones, Sarah Stiles for Tootsie, Ali Stroker for Oklahoma, and Mary Testa from Oklahoma. Special awards will also be given to the Ensemble of Dance Nation, to costume designer Montana Levi Blanco, uh, actor Mia Katagaba, and to theater company Repertorio Espanol. And the drama desks will be awarded on June 2nd from the town hall with Michael Yuri emceeing the ceremony. We did have other award news yesterday as the Tony Awards Administration Committee announced this year's recipients of the special Tony Award for Lifetime Achievement in the Theater. This year's recipients will be Tony Award winning actress and current Mrs. Higgins and My Fair Lady on Broadway, Rosemary Harris, Tony winning playwright Terrence McNally, soon to be represented on Broadway by Frankie and Johnny, and Tony nominated composer, orchestrator, music director, and much more Harold Wheeler, whose work can currently be heard on Broadway in Ain't Too Proud, his 30th Broadway show. Congratulations to all three, very richly deserved. And finally, it's late. I'm very, very tired um, as I'm recording this, so I'm going to go through rapid fire with the rest of the news and the recommendations for you. First up, Rock of Ages will return to New York for a 16-week limited run off-Broadway at New World Stages beginning on June 19th. Congrats, Rob. Uh, next, the Today Show announced that Kiss Me Kate will perform on Tuesday and Beetlejuice will perform on Thursday of next week's Broadway week. And looking at recommendations, yesterday Michael Corey teamed with one of my faves, former Broadway leading player and TV hawk girl Sierra Renee, for a fun mashup called Elfie in the Bathroom. Check that one out, it's fun. Uh, also, in the Los Angeles Times yesterday, Peter Marks interviewed Glenda Jackson again, uh, and it went slightly better than it did last time. Um, if you don't remember, he, he explains the situation very well in the article. Uh, and finally, something that you are definitely going to want to devour over the weekend, the New York Times published a collection of articles 
about black playwrights uh, that are currently changing how theater looks and how theater looks at race. Uh, I've only been able to read part of one of the articles so far before I had to rush off. Um, but it looks like they, they pulled in all the big guns for this really great collection. I'm really looking forward to reading it all this weekend. Okay, that's all I've got today. I will have an interview in this feed tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. And then James and crew will be back with you on Sunday for this week on Broadway. So thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Have a good Friday and a great weekend, everybody.